0: Ser isto é uma crença.
1: É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um
0: culto. Que é que crê, que é mental, que, que é o caráter para pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão é uma explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser o Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser o Benfica. Mas de
1: facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Fica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumaças. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira Cristiano. Como é que my meu amigo? Diz a lá aos senhores and e às senhoras, e aos Olá, meninos e às meninas. Olá, senhores,
2: meninos, meninos, e, e todos, o resto da malta going anda por aí fora, espalhá-la. Another day, another podcast, a little bit more somber today, you know? Yeah. Well, but, certainly, but we, we gotta
1: get through it. Also, uh, another Oliveira, but no, oh, D Oliveira, I should say. D Oliveira. He was after. The O and the G came. D Oliveira. Dave D Oliveira up in, in uh, Canada. What's going on, Dave?
0: Nothing much. Like Chris alluded to, uh, to steal a quote from, uh, Steve Santos. Another night, another podcast, but it seems like these are, uh, another night, another therapy session around, uh, around these parts, uh, with their play of late, but, uh, we'll get through it and, uh. Good to be back on.
2: Hey Dave, I, I, as you as you could tell by the time Alfredo showed up a little bit later than normal, and I got excited. I said, "Oh, sh- no podcast today." I'm like, "Yeah,
1: we don't have to go through this."
2: <laughs> yeah, and then he showed up. At my daughter I said, oh, "Man, here we go." But nonetheless, we're, You're here we're disappointed. To do. Oh, man, if there's I say this quite often when <laughs> goes through tough times, but bro, there's there's some times where it's like, do I, do I really have to go and you know reopen the wounds and you know, just rub salt? Cause we gotta go through this all over again. It's just like, man, I want to forget this, not remember it. But you know what? Look, it's part of being a big fan of a team. Uh, you're gonna, you gotta be there through the good times and the bad times. And this right now just so happens to be a little bit of a downtime. But uh hopefully we're able to uh to turn things around and uh you know we'll be back here next week
1: talking about better things. Yeah but you being a Nick fan you should be used to this but all you had <laughs> is really Bad, 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 bad times.
2: Absolutely, and but that's the Knicks, and so when something bad happens with the Knicks, I still take it lightly. With the exception of last year when we lost, and you were at my house when we lost. When 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 ping pong balls did not bounce the Knicks way. I I gotta admit I I cried, out because I said and it wasn't even about just losing a player to caliber of Zion or whatever that 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 mega star, but it was you know like no matter what. This franchise is cursed. That's what it was about. It was like, we're never going to get a ball to fall our way. Like we sold our, you know, we sold our souls to the devil in 1986 to, to with the frozen envelope to get Patrick Ewing. And I think ever since then is like, you're never going to get anything good. It's ever going to go your way. And it's just so even though I cried it, it, like now, like a loss, like, OK, cool. like you know, Higher spot in the draft, in a draft, you know, next year's draft. That's the way I look at it but uh in Benfica terms obviously they've given us a lot more uh more things to 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 rejoice about over the last um 10 years or so yeah 08 oh no 4 started with the TASA, mm-hmm. and then things started really coming around then 05 you get the you get the first campeonato in 11 years and then things started you know you still had some very tough uh pitfalls yeah. in there but, you know, for the most part, at least we've been competitive. My Knicks, they, they're competitor. The only thing they're competing for is the number one draft pick. Um, but, you know, the, the Bay figures given us a lot more happiness. But it's just I, I don't know how to explain it. I love the Knicks. I adore the New York Rangers. I adore the Yankees. I love my Giants. Combine them all. And I don't think it amounts to the love that I have for Benfica. Like Benfica, I like, those are the teams I get pissed off and I get annoyed. Man, we're, days later, forget days. We're a week and a half later, and I'm still pissed off that we lost at the Ladrón. Like, it, and, and I'm going to be pissed off that we lost it next year and a year after. Like, it just, we never get over this stuff. So
1: I remember that one time that you're holding on to that Pas loss Freira. at Paso for the longest time.
2: Because we show until this day. I'm, still, I'm not going to go off on another, right? Bro. We showed no ambition. It was just like, oh, no urgency. It's like, oh okay, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. gotta too, gotta talk with. Uh Like it's so I still haven't gotten over that that, that I think we won the, Yeah, we lost we tied. I think it was a, a tie. I don't even
1: think it was a loss. It was it was not a favorable result, no, I it can tell not, you that it much. Was not. Uh,
2: anyway, so, um, now everybody else can wake up and uh, listen to the rest of the podcast. Yeah, But it,
1: look, it, it's it's uh, it's part of uh, being a fan. You got to take the good with the bad then you got to be present on, at all times. You just can't be, a, you know, I often say this a fair weather f- uh, uh, fan. Uh, so here we are. We here we are for another uh, podcast. Uh, certainly, uh, let's see how this goes. But uh, on tonight's agenda, uh, we will look back at uh, Braga game. Uh, we will also look ahead to could return uh, to European competition this time, the uh, Europa League, uh, with the Shakhtar game that comes up this uh, Thursday, as we record this. Uh, and then we also have Gil Vicente uh, on the weekend. Um, before we we get our our our, our hostilities started, how does it go? Let's get the is it hostilities?
2: Yeah, dude, no, it's our podcast. We call it whatever we want. Yeah,
1: that's right um just just the, the, on on a serious note and and i think that uh, there's no way to to not uh address uh the things the things that went on in portugal this weekend and look I, i'm not here to uh oh we should say portugal
2: because i think i think some people yeah, well, on twitter got annoyed at me when i said portugal but more so it happened in guimarães but we're not blind and we're not naive enough to think that it doesn't happen throughout, throughout other parts of the country, but in this specific case happened to be in Guimarães. So let's yeah. isolate that one
1: case. So yeah. And look, and, and th- what that did is that that kind of brought to light a behavior that's been going on for quite some time. Right. Uh We go, we have cases, uh, you know, but with Benfica players, uh, Nelson Smedu, Renat Sanchez, both victim uh, of, uh, of racist chant. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and my biggest criticism, uh, and of course we don't condone uh, racism, absolutely. Um, but my biggest thing is that, as a league, as a federation, regardless of the country, because there's a lot of political agendas in the country, and and Portugal is also in a brink of of something that's borderline uh, racist in terms of what some of politicians are are spewing. Um, but besides that, right? Uh, And understanding that there's been quite a few examples throughout Europe uh, and throughout the world. I don't understand why the Portuguese Federation or the Portuguese League doesn't take a stand and have a zero tolerance for this type of behavior. If you come out, right, if Bruenza comes out in the beginning of the season... When he talks about, oh, uh, this season we're going to have this, we're going to have this feature, we're going to have the Final Four, beautiful, blah, 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 blah. But also, we are taking a stance as a country of 10 million people to tell all the teams, to tell all the fans that pay money to go to these stadiums, that we're going to have zero tolerance for racism. Make your stand there in the beginning of the season, well, it, set the expectations, and then whoever decides to do it, and they would always let come out with
2: cartaz with the message, say no to racism they've right. always they've always showed those they've always you know prior to game teams will line up with pictures, but there's a difference between putting out a message and actually doing something about it right. and I think with Portugal and not just Portugal, I think this goes for many other countries and many other leagues throughout the world, which is it doesn't affect me until it's one of mine. You know what I mean? They see it going on in Italy and they turn a blind eye. And 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 hopefully the only positive out of this that could come out of that could come out of what happened this weekend is that that now they will come up with some serious rules with some serious punishment for these people. Unfortunately, it took for Marega to go through what he had to go through this weekend and go absolutely bonkers after the game, which, look, no one blames him for doing so. But now that he's done that, it seems as if the rest of the media throughout Europe... And throughout most of the world, let's be fair, has finally picked up this story. And now it's made everyone, including the, the, the guys you just mentioned before the president of the league, the, the president of the federation, if finally rubbed some mud on these guys' faces, then now they're going to have to do something to wash it off. And now, maybe, hopefully, they will take the, the, the necessary steps to implement these, these rules, like you said, the, uh, uh, because it's it's absolutely ugly and it should yeah. not go on. But again, while I say this, and again, this maybe is not a subject for the Benfica podcast because maybe we should dive into this a lot deeper. But I, I, I'm I'm a firm believer that look, I think he did the right thing, but there's really no way to tackle this. Unfortunately, I mean, to me, and and some people might criticize me, some people might praise me. There's 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 very few ways you can handle this. To me, is the minute anything of that nonsense right if, if that matter happens in a stadium i think the referee needs to stop the game suspend the game until either those people leave that that's probably the 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 authorities take care of, of of the people but at the same it's 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 going to be difficult to to identify four or five guys amongst fifty thousand. you know what i mean so again that way is a little bit more drastic it's probably going to be a little bit you know harder to 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 really police right and the other way which I, I'm sorry if it sounds, you know, a little bit unsensitive, but it, look, I think the players, it, as tough as it, as it is to swallow and put up with that, because I'm from ignorance is, is also a good solution. And I'm not sure if if I'm wording it correctly and saying that the players should put up with it. But when you show, right, that infects you, people are enforcing. That's just how bullies are. That's how people are. They're going to press on you even harder. Right and and I'm not sure if it's the right way to just say ignore it, but it, uh, there is no perfect way to handle this this situation. Unfortunately, Alfredo. I mean, th- those are again to my unprofessional mind, it's my untrained mind. That's those are two things, and I know the last one is really, you know, not sensitive to the people that go through that stuff. What what is the medicine here? What what are the options besides suspending it or doing? There is no in between. I don't think there's. It's, it's very. It's a very tough issue to, to to police. Now the easiest thing you could say is, look, how about you just not go into a stadium and not scream out dumb things? That's pop-. But again, what is the line that's being crossed? Because you know whether you call someone a monkey, which obviously we don't condone here, right? But are you saying it's okay to then call uh, fila puta? I mean, that's just as offensive, right? You go to Portuguese, speak to Portuguese people. A lot of Portuguese people listen to our podcast. The two worst things you could call someone is cabrón and puta. Those are the two words you could call me, whatever else you want. Those two things. So, you know, to call someone, you know, uh, a white player, for example, coming off the field, does it make it right? I mean, there is, they just need to to get rid of that hatred. But look, it's just people for some reason, they feel, I think this goes back and and I wish we could, again, this is a topic for another podcast. I wish we could have these conversations with historians or whatever. Maybe this goes back to the Gladiator days when people would go into, into your arena back in the days and you're, you're over there fighting a lion and whatever and then, you know, you watch it in a movie Gladiator, right? The, the fans started being against them and then they turned around on them and then all of a sudden everybody became fans. I think it just comes back from those <laughs> days where you're not one of ours and you, we're going to, look, we might not mean it but I'm gonna call you SOB because I want to knock you off your game. There's no way you're ever going to curve that. That's why yeah. this is a very tough situation.
1: I think look, as I mentioned, I think that the biggest thing is is that the league missed out on a great opportunity to be an example uh not only for for Portugal, uh for Europe but the entire world, right? If the league puts their foot down and they say there's there's going absolutely going to be Zero tolerance for anything uh racism uh related uh in terms of the fans in the stadium and the clubs also adhere to this policy, meaning the clubs are going to police their fans. They're not only going to police their fans, but they're also going to police the opposing the opposing team's fans, right? If there's an adherence and if there's a pact and an agreement that we're always we're all gonna st- take a stand here on saying no to racism zero absolute zero tolerance right We're if, if they do I that agree with you but again but then there's where's the fine line when do you cross that line but but now you're setting the expectations right because if the club now makes it public that dear fans there's going to be zero tolerance for racism uh, uh abuse of of players in any any degrading way uh and you put the fans on notice. You put the fans on notice. Look, so if there ever is you're right, abuse, you're, you're
2: right. But look, we, now you can't complain that you weren't warned. The three of us live in North America, and look, we we're all aware. We're not We're all aware that there is racism in, in 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 the U.S. And Dave, I've I've only been to Canada once, and I'm pretty sure there's racism up there too. I don't know. You're you you know better than I do. But for one reason, we've been educated that this crap doesn't go on at, at, at our sporting events here. And again, we all know that there's racism through certain parts of the country and whatever, just people, right? doesn't even matter certain parts of the country, that there's people in every state in the United States of America that that have racism one way or another. But we've taught everyone that that's not acceptable in a sporting event. Now, that doesn't take away from the person still going and and screaming obscenities at people and cursing and getting on their face and calling them names. But again, I agree with you a thousand percent. But I just think that it's – because there's a line. Where's that line? Is it again? And I, I don't hate, I hate to have this argument. The clubs I'm have not, to police it. But what's acceptable? Like I said, can you call me Filiputa? And that's okay. Because well, that,
1: it, I, I think that, and look, it, it's a tough, f- that's if, all I'm saying. I look, I'm not saying if, I if agree if with familiar, it. I'm just saying it's very tough. If you're familiar with Portugal, uh, and I'm talking about the audience, right? Uh, and and Chris is is gonna know this more than I do. Opa. the The word filo de puta," right, which oof. is it's like Chris says, is probably the worst insult that you could throw at that anyone. Um, but, but that word is part of the day to day vernacular uh, from the people up north. And and look, there's there's nothing wrong with with the people up north. And I, hey, I'm not hey, kind of north. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not specifically saying that these these people are bad because they use this but this is a word that's commonly used by them so it's very normal for that for those words to come out of their mouth right my biggest thing and and we're already dragging on a little bit too too long on this and and this is a serious subject obviously but my biggest thing is that the 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 federation the league takes a stand the clubs sign an agreement the clubs police their fans so on and so forth. And you kind of make an example from a league that has zero tolerance. Absolutely. And the league let me can ask you pick so,
2: and choose right. who, who they back up, who they support. It's gotta be the same thing for Benfica, Porto,
1: for it's a It's deep. gotta be for everybody. It can't just be for the big clubs. The clubs agree to police their fans. Everyone. All right. So let me ask you this, right? No, when and, I and say everyone, I'm afraid
2: I'm sorry. I don't mean I don't mean that Avs that needs to agree. I mean the league needs to police it. To, and if something happens like that at an off shops game, then the league th- needs to come in and stay and, right. and give them a severe penalty. Don't just ignore oh shop, nobody, they didn't get the media attention. We'll ignore it. No, it need the league needs to be present. It needs to to to, to be tough
1: on the, everybody, from the small clubs to the bigger clubs, the, to everybody. The clubs need to police their fans and the league needs to police the clubs. Absolutely. Um just one final thing. The instance wouldn't it was in Riwav. Do you know how much Riwav was fined back then?
2: According to the way they
1: find people, right?
2: Which is like I think you could get you could get a bag of sugar in Portugal probably
1: more expensive than fine. Uh, Thirty-eight paus. Five hundred and thirty-six euros, if I'm not mistaken. That's gonna gonna how much the league. Yeah. Now, uh, and I and I nickered this off of somebody on Twitter, and I forgot who. Go see. Uh, what penalty Bernardo Silva was assessed for joking around with one of his teammates mm-hmm. with with, a, with an Instagram post or some kind of message that had some racist intonations, and we all know that Bernardo Silva doesn't have one racist Him bone his boy in his in his body. But it was a joke. But you see the the, the serious stance that that the uh, the yes, he has the, to take classes. The FA has on behavior like this. And he had to take classes. And, and there's no there's no gray. It's no. either black or white.
2: But that's what I was referring to about the league. They mm-hmm. have to do that same thing when it's when it's Gil Vicente. Not just when, yep. Cato, not just when it's Benfica. They can't pick and choose who gets the severe penalty. It's everybody. This crap goes on in any stadium in, 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 in Portugal. We are coming down on you severely. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way you're going to set an example. And again, and it starts with the small clubs and it starts with the big clubs it starts with the medium it starts with everyone involved getting the same judgment
1: everyone needs to
2: buy a selective
0: hey, Bernardo was suspended one game and fined 50 thousand uh pounds for his uh racist uh tweet if you want to call it, call it uh by the uh, FA and uh I think all, all all of the clubs in Portugal have sent out a message via their social media I think that's the uh the easy part uh, to do for some clubs, it was uh, took them longer than other, including ours. But uh, the easy part is to tweet or send out a message condoning it. But the the real work uh, starts now. Yeah, uh, There's got to be some action uh, taken. I'm,
2: I'm glad you, you brought that. You said Benfica, you know, took a little longer than that. But I think Benfica did that purposely. I think Benfica did that. They knew that they were going to reply. They knew that they were going to say something. Obviously, and and not you know and and show their support that racism should not be tolerated but i think by showing up late i think they're showing everyone that when we went through it there wasn't this outcry Mm -hmm. i think that that might have been intentional there's there's definitely a message behind there's no message there or Porto because obviously you know the two clubs they're they're just their messages we don't give a crap who it is it's for everyone all over the world
1: yeah, there, there's, I think that there's was a clear intention uh, uh, a, on the timing of it because pro- I think Bifiga was probably the last club to come out, if I'm not mistaken. Not the last <laughs> uh, but, but But certainly, as I mentioned, and look, this this goes back, and it's not only Bifiga players. I mean, this goes back all the way to Montoros uh possibly even even further than that but anyway uh let's turn our attention to uh something that's uh, a, a little uh, less serious but uh, just as important uh Benfica's game against Braga uh this past weekend at Estádio de Luz uh let's start with the with the starting 11 and then we'll uh we'll, we'll get things going Flaco Dimas in goal um Tavares Dias Ferro Grimaldo. again André Almeida picked up an injury against Porto on his ankle and his uh the, it looks like he's going to be out for a couple weeks. Uh Weigel and, and Tarapt in the middle, Pizzi on the right side of you on the left, Rafa behind Vinicius. Uh and when you look at the at this lineup I I guess you you could say that this is probably with Gabriel and and Almeida being out, this is most likely uh Benfica's strongest lineup. Now, um I, I think we, we we spoke about last year, uh, last year, last last uh, season. We spoke about uh, Braga and their competence, um, how well this team has been doing under under Rube and, and, and certainly I mentioned that uh, if Benfica is exposed, um, they will make them pay. Um, I don't think that Benfica the, the the shortcomings that Benfica had been showing on that left side. I don't think that that was. Uh, as prevalent as it has been, I thought that defensively the team was a little bit more solid, which I think it goes against or, or goes along with what Lajon was saying in his, uh, in his press conference that the team uh, was uh, – that he felt that it was a solid performance. Defensively, I thought that it was okay, barring uh, the goal, but offensively just – Nothing going on for Benfica. Lots of lack of imagination, lack that's, of pace. That's
2: more so in the second half. In the first half, I thought Benfica played well. They, you know, the first 45 minutes um, left you with pretty high confidence going into the second half, even though Braga was able to score very, very late there in the first half. Benfica did a lot of the, you know, they, they got rid of a lot of the little mistakes that they did against Porto, but obviously we know the caliber of players of Porto are just a notch higher than the caliber of players at, at, at Sporting Braga. That being said, I, I think it'd be uh, naive of us to sit here, right? And not recognize that the difference was the reason why Befica picked up their defensive intensity or played better defense. You had Cervia on the field. This is what we criticized here on the podcast the week prior. You know, why was a guy that got thrown down our throats throughout the whole year that he's there to play defense and he helps so much and he go into the drone and he doesn't play? And I made the case that I could see why Lodge went with with with, with Rafa because he's going to hopefully press Corona and make him sit back, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, that wasn't what happened and Porto took advantage of us down our left side and there was no one there defending. So he doubled down and he went and put Servi back in. And said, if you have a nice first half and the guy hustled, busted his ass back and forth. And all of a sudden, no, no crap. If he is a little bit better defensively, yeah it's, yeah, it's a little easier to defend with more men behind the ball than it is with guys just walking around up top. I mean, again, so even in this game, when things went right, it opens up the can of worms and it points to the game the week prior it ticks you off even more because it just shows that the coaching that, that he wasn't able to read the game. You just want to say he wasn't able to make those changes. And then fast forward and look,
1: Vinicius needs to finish those opportunities. Yeah. Dave, a couple, couple chances missed by Vinicius. Certainly, you know, allowing a goal at the half uh, is always bad. But if we had at least one of those chances going by Vinicius, we're talking about possibly a different game here.
0: Yeah, for sure. We definitely, he had two chances alone in the first half. Uh, I know he hit the side of the net, the one chance, and. uh, just didn't get uh, underneath uh, the header for the, uh, his other chance there. And we could have easily been going into the half three, uh, one. Cause I believe Rafa also had a chance at the, uh, the beginning of the, the match as well. So um, like Chris uh, said, uh, w- it wasn't as frustrating in the first half because Benfica was still getting their, their chances. They were just not, um, they were not, they're being wasteful with their chances. So, at halftime you you think if Benfica can continue this they're they're bound to score a goal but unfortunately at at, uh the second half those uh those chances dried up creativity uh dried up and and it was more of the uh, bomba style that uh, we were used to seeing uh in seasons past and uh it it only got worse in the second half
1: yeah look and and uh certainly uh as I mentioned in Look, you can't take uh, any credit away from Braga. I thought that they were—they always looked relaxed on the ball, uh, building out of the back, and and even when Benfica uh, pressed them and in the first half, Benfica had a couple turnovers as a result of pressing them and and them wanting to play out of the back. They still stuck to their guns, uh, and uh, this is a team that. Um, I guess when you this this is a, a classic example on how a coaching change can be positive for a team, right? So they had Mourinho come in. First game that Mourinho's at the helm was, was a 7-1 shellacking. Uh, and then I think the team just built confidence from there. Uh, the two wins against Sporting, the two wins against Porto, one of them, uh, the, the final, uh, uh, for the League Cup trophy. Uh, and now coming into Stade Luge in against a team that has just had a very tough loss against Porto. Braga has to feel, be feeling confident of coming into Stade Luge and finding a Benfica that, wants to respond, yet their urgency to respond might play into some anxiety. It, it did. I did, Alfredo.
2: But the one thing that, that's setting off alarm bells in my head is, look, Braga comes into the loose, and they play their game. They don't adjust. They don't come in and switch everything around like lies. They go into the go. They come in. We're going to play our football. We're going to stick uh, to our mentalities. Apologize for that. I was going to say philosophy, and then I said fuck. <laughs> So I they (laughs) they stick to their philosophies, right? And they don't change no matter what, and they stuck through that for for the full ninety, whatever ninety plus minutes. Now, the one thing that's alarming to me, as I said before, the one thing that's setting off alarm bells in my head, is I'm watching this team play, and I remember, bro, and it's scary, and I'm not comparing, but again, it's similarities. I would complain over and over and over and over here on the podcast that Benfica. Would go going to the halftime and come out of the half and every team was able to adjust and they were able to play their football and make us suffer for the final 45 minutes under Rui Vittorio. And unfortunately, I'm seeing a lot of those same tendencies here under Bruno Lodge. I know Benfica in the first five minutes of the second half, they came out, they could have scored a goal or two. They, they came out with guns blazing. But then after that, it was just like, we had no concept, no idea. We, every time we pressed in this game, you can tell they played a three-five-two or whatever they want to call it a 3 three-three-four-three, uh, three, whatever. But it was more like a three-five-two. They struggled with our press. The few times we did press, as you yeah. mentioned before, they they either they either turned the ball over or they would just boot it and kick it out of bounds. They couldn't deal with that. Why didn't we do it a lot more than that? I don't know exactly. Well, I know it's coaching because somebody. I mean, again, and this is the <clears> part that, it, that 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 pisses me off, right? Is and my boy Peter from If Get FM says it himself, right? And we've used this line here on a podcast many, many years ago. How is it that me sitting on my couch, right? With no coaching degree, with nothing, I'm able to see these things, and you're there, you're getting paid millions, you got coaching staffs, you got guys with videos, you got video analysts, you got this, you got the, 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 the and they can't figure that crap out. That's the annoying part. I mean, what what game are you? Are we watching a totally different game?
1: Yeah. Look, I. And, and something that we, we've we've talked about here on a podcast is the fact that Lodge is not a dummy in terms of recognizing no. what, what the things that are happening. So if he's recognizing the things that are happening and identifying them, right, he obviously knows what he needs to do to combat that. Now, whether or not his message is being understood by the players is a totally different story. But, yeah, I do, I do uh, uh, agree with you that Benfica came out strong. They wanted to do it. But here's the thing. Braga kind of adjusted to the changes that or, or even to intensity that Benfica was bringing those first minutes and they know and why, that can't Bra- fir- and why can't Laja adjust?
2: I don't know exactly so you're saying you don't think he's I don't think he's a dummy neither but there is a lack of in game changes.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and, and in has just more- admit
2: it. Mourinho starts, and again, I think Mourinho just stuck to his guns. I think he just said, well, this is the way we come in and we play. We're not going to change. And the sign of a good coach is that. We're not going to change our way of playing. This is who we are. We're playing this way every single day. I don't care how much video you watch on us. Obviously, there's adaptations in every different game, the schemes, and, the, and you know they all change. I get it, right? But for the most part, when we have the ball, we have our identity. This is the way we're going to present ourselves week in, week out. Stop us mean, yeah. Fika, on the other hand they're like oh uh okay well they're pressing uh so we're just gonna boot it oh they're not pressing we're gonna boot it anyway like come on guys let let's 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 have a concept there was only you go down to that second half you go go, go forward to the second half there was only one guy showing for the ball and it's a guy that for some reason I still don't understand the criticism that this man gets and it's a delta rock because everybody else was checking Shikinyu comes into the game there's a couple times where I'm specifically trained in my eye is on him Okay, and I see him. It seems like he's making a run. He's making a movement to to, to get into space, and before you know it, what he's he's tucked in. He's tucked in behind a, a Braga player. Like where, where's Bees? Where these guys need the ball? The only guy that does it over and over is is, is stopped. and he gets criticism because he turns it all. It's easy to turn shit over when the one's moving. Or, 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 yeah, exactly. No when one's moving. You need, moving.
1: To, when you need to, to thread the needle each time with the pass because all the passing lanes uh, that are supposed to be open, they're closed. And then we've seen a
2: totally different ferro this week. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. You saw the game like I did. We saw a totally different ferro this week from what we did at the Dragon where in the Dragon we were like, what the hell is this guy doing? He kept trying to thread the needle, turning the ball over, over. And this time it seemed as if he was intentionally at times not going forward because. Again, he, he, he probably lost his confidence last week, and this week it was just like he—he he wasn't as proactive as he was last week. I should say, right? And a lot of that, why guys aren't moving? Watch the game, then gets yeah. late into a game. It's easy, it's gets, easy. to spot gets late into the game, and there's all of a sudden you see two say you see two lines. The four defenders and the six guys. Are, there is no. There's maybe one guy in the middle. There is nobody in the middle. It just we saw that at the gun late going on happening late. We've seen it again this week, and I, I think Brune Laj knows a little bit more than that. But look, at the end of the day, guys, when the negative results come in, it falls on one person. It's the coach. Whether it's us, uh, you, or whomever saying Laj doesn't know what he's doing, he needs to get fired, or Laj knows what he's doing, but. Uh, the other guy, obviously, defending. Oh, you crazy. Blige knows what he's doing, but, you know, the message is not getting sent across. Oh, who's, Whose fault is that? It's his fault. So it's at the end of the day, it's his fault. Yeah. He's got to be able to make sure that the message is being sent across. And if the players aren't understanding it, he's got to do a better job of explaining it. And if not, get new players.
1: Well, and here's the thing, man. You, you're, you're not dealing with t- kids from the B team. I mean, you're dealing with very experienced players. Pizzi, Chiquinho, Rafa. Dude, if, if if you're static and you're not moving and you're tr- not making a passing lane for somebody to hit you on a pocket, even if it's just something where you're not going to get a positive possession out of it where you need to touch it back, that's still something. That's a way to move the ball around. And when you move the ball around, you make it harder for the defense to defend against you. If you're just static behind and me sometimes, all day. And sometimes you don't even need to touch the ball, as you know. Just make a run.
2: Take a defender which you are not. Yeah. If everyone is moving rather than stationary and watching and looking around, by everyone moving, making different runs, by accident, the opposition, no matter how good of a defensive job, they're going to commit a mistake. There's going to be a pocket. There's going to be a window because everyone is trying to cover the space that you're attempting to take over. Right. And if everyone's standing, you're making the defending for me easier if you're just standing there. Yeah. I don't have to move. I don't have to move into your spot. Now you got to double me. You don't have to watch my back. There's none of that going on. There is no confusion. Everyone knows exactly what's coming when it's coming. The only guy that gets the ball, runs with it upfield, takes on one, two, three, four guys, sometimes one too many. The only guy trying to thread the needle. The only guy trying to actually show for the ball is one guy. And, and, and for a team like Benfica, that might work against Alves and Gilby Sent. It's not going to work against Porto and Sporting Braga. It's just not. Yeah.
0: And and when, and it gets, and unfortunately it gets worse too, once you bring in three strikers and play them all up, uh, up top, it, none of those guys are are, uh, none of those strikers are players to move around and uh, create chances so you want to talk about lines as well they're up there on three lines and Benfica is is uh, has not adapted to playing with three strikers they never have and and we've seen this in the last two games they they lose their shape when when uh, Laj throws three strikers to play uh, up top there there's you have to resort to bomba style to get the ball up into the strikers and it just doesn't work out
1: well here's the here's the thing man i mean look i understand that when coaches are desperate they're they're throwing everything uh, but the kitchen sink uh at uh, at the opponents right but the lack of organization uh as you mentioned the shape the fact that you want to play chuverinho or bombo whatever it is but Braga's defensive line is in the middle of their half, that's never going to work. The only way you're going to be able to play Bombo is if you got your offensive line on the 18-yard box, standing there, waiting for those balls to be pumped into the box. If you... Can't push Braga into their defensive end. That's never going to work. Uh, but just it just smells of desperation. And I'm fine with the desperation, but it it also smells of of lack of imagination. Uh, because look, all the time that you spend with the team, you train several scenarios, right? Whether it's defending a line of five, whether it's three up front, you have to train these scenarios. That's part of. The coaching staff, what they do, they present different scenarios to the players. Okay, you're down one nothing. You're playing against six defenders, uh, a line of six defenders. What do we do? What spaces do we explore? Where do we move? What players run into what lanes? Those are all the things that these players should be drilled on. There should be no excuse uh, that a professional team has a lack of solutions. I mean, we're not talking about a a, a very high caliber team here. This is Braga and nothing against Braga. And I don't want to take any credit away from Braga, but certainly Braga really showed why they've been doing so well. They're confident. uh, They know how to set up and they're smart. And Benfica didn't really give them a lot of problems. So Braga was just happy and content and comfortable in being and, and who they are really, um, so, look, it's, it's a shame that you go from an opportunity to go 10 points up on, on your direct rival to now one point up on your direct rival and we're still most of the second round uh, to play. Um, certainly, it, it's not a good feeling. Nonetheless, uh, we're still in control of our destinies. And as, as long as we're in control of our destinies, I'm happy with that when it becomes that now you're depending on other people to fail in order for you to succeed then that's a different story uh it's a very minimal margin 1 point is a very minimal margin uh but uh i'm i'm confident that this team can can dig deep and and, and find uh their rhythm and find their consistency uh because right now it's it's not looking too good, Dave. I mean,
2: if there's a silver lining, that's it, Alfredo. That we lost back-to-back games and somehow we still find ourselves with a one-point lead from the cup.
1: Yeah. That's the only silver lining. Dave, num- uh, numbers on this game, bro.
0: Yeah. So uh, we had spoken about it going into the match, but this was uh, Benfica's first loss to Braga in uh at home in uh, league competition since uh 1954 55 season so 65 years benfica wasn't even playing at the uh Stadio Deluge at that time it was uh, they were playing at the Jamur uh the last time uh braga beat benfica at home uh, and it's only braga's only uh third ever victory against benfica uh at uh in lisbon there uh benfica is also now winless in three straight matches which is lodge's uh worst uh span as his uh coach uh under um sorry as benfica's coach and uh five straight games in which benfica has given up a goal so they've given up nine goals in the past uh five games
1: yeah uh yeah look it's it's not pretty from a team that was uh that had a crazy streak, and, and forgive me if if you mentioned that, uh, but Benfica had been scoring goals in almost every single game, especially at home, and 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 they just got shut out by Braga. Look, there's a lot of inefficiencies there. There's a few scandalous misses uh, that Vinicius had uh, that kind of remind us of of uh, of Seferovic. but certainly sometimes guys just have bad nights. Uh, certainly, hopefully it will come back and, and do much better. Uh, but now we, we turn our attention to, um, to European competition. Uh, the first round of the knockout stages of the Europa league will start this week. Uh, Bifika will, uh, uh, travel to the Ukraine to play, uh, Shakhtar. Um, and, uh, I'll start with, uh, with the list of convocados, and then Dave, you you, you got a couple of numbers here that you can mention, and then we'll get the conversation started. 20 players that Lodge called uh, to make this trip to the Ukraine, and Bifika traveled uh, today to the Ukraine. Goalkeepers Lobin, Vilar, Defenders Tomás Tavares, Dias, Ferro, Grimaldo, and Nun Tavares. Uh, midfielders Samaris, Florentini, Pizzi, Tarap, David Tavares, another Tavares, Servi, Rafa, and Chiquinho. And forward, Jota, Seferovic Vinicius and Souza. So out of those 20 players, certainly two will sit. One of them is going to be the the keepers. Um one of the keepers. Uh the other one we will we shall see. Um Dave, some numbers on uh on this uh, matchup.
0: Yeah, there's not much history between uh, both clubs. uh, Only previously uh, meeting back in 2007-2008 Champions League campaign where Shakhtar beat Benfica 1-0 at the uh, Estadio de Luz and uh, Benfica went to Ukraine and uh, won uh, 2-1. So both teams winning their uh, away fixtures. Uh, But Benfica's record uh, in Ukraine uh, favours them. They've got three wins and uh, two losses Uh, in uh, European competitions in Ukraine. Uh, But this will be uh, Shakhtar's uh, first competitive match since uh, December 14th, as the uh, Ukrainian League has uh, a winter break. Uh, So the Ukrainian League picks up uh, this weekend coming up after the uh, Europa League. So it'll be uh, 68 days that uh, Shakhtar has gone without uh, facing uh, a, a competitive match.
1: Yeah. Um, Just a couple things that I wanted to uh, bring up here. Domestically, their first 14 points ahead of second place, 16 wins, two ties and no losses. Um, Much like Benfica, Shakhtar uh, came from the Champions League in a group that included Atalanta, Man City and Dinamo Zagreb. Uh, As you mentioned, last competitive match was on the 14th of uh, December. Uh, And Cristiano, 11 Brazilians on this team. There's a lot of roscon feijão going on over there. And picanha.
2: Well, maybe there's limit on the picanha. There's no limit on roscon feijão. Feijão da pa. but yeah, is that that's what you want to know about the food type or the? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they do love the Brazilian players, man. They've had some terrific Brazilian players in the past. Fred, who's now at Manchester City. You had. Oh, my God. Uh, I just had him on my um, mind. There's so many of the guys. Bernard. Bernard, Bernard there, that's right? the guy. Bernard is now at Everton. Uh, they, they they love getting the Brazilian players. Uh, they do a fantastic job. They they Like you said, they have 11. And their, their leading goal scorer now, Muraiz, who's a, cam, a converted Brazuca, who is now uh, U- uh, Ukrainian, I yeah. believe. He converted, yeah. And he actually made his debut already with the national team recently. This is a team that's got a lot of firepower. We got a lot of ginga. All these Brazilian players could play. You got a couple guys that have a history of playing in Portugal. Um, you got my boy Danchini. You don't know Dan about Danchini Dan from City of God. You remember Danchini? Dan <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, this is going to be a very tough game. This is a, a team that, like Benfica, who. Happened to fall out of the Champions League, but still able to get out of the group in third place, therefore qualify for the Europa League. As I stated before on the podcast, I said when the draw came out, I thought it was very unfair to Benfica. Benfica, being a number one seed or Cavese City, whatever they want to call them, was you know drew another team from the Champions League. I thought I thought that was very, very unfair to them, and I think it's going to be a very, very tough. A uh, couple of games for Benfica, and especially the way they've played of late. Um, I, I got to be brutally honest, Alfredo. I'm not positive going into this game at all. Yeah. Oh, t- not this game, this matchup. I, I think it's going to be very tough for me. Yeah, the
1: they're base. coached by Luis Castro. Dave, yep. did you mention That's Luis Castro?
0: Yeah, they're, uh, yep. And his record against Benfica uh, coaching-wise is uh, three wins, one draw, 11 losses, so... Uh, it was also rumored uh, to come to Benfica back when uh, Rui Vittoria was fired and uh, before Laj took over, there was talk of Luis Castro uh, taking over uh, the Benfica manager position, but uh, he ultimately finished the season with Guimarães and then went over to uh, Shakhtar in the offseason.
1: Yeah, Luis Castro has had the whole winter break to watch film on Benfica. And uh, Cristiano, if you're Luis Castro right now and you've watched Benfica, in a past month or so, you got to be happy by your chances, regardless of this being your first competitive match in two months. And you know for a fact that...
2: Luis Castro, a former Portugal, you know he's been on the phone with Sergio Conceição and his coaching staff. Already. I you don't
1: need it. I think he's a much better coach than Conceição. Uh,
2: you, I, that's besides the point. You always reach out to be, especially a team that's had success against this Bruno team. Which, let's be fair, not many teams have had success against Bruno since he took over. This is a team that's beaten them twice, and so therefore, uh, if you could pick up any pointers from anybody, and, and uh, I, I think I think Campos, Campos, right? Castor, Castro, Castro, Campos, Castro. I think I think that those conversations have been had in the past.
1: Yeah, um, I was thinking about this, and and I guess I could I could run this by by you guys, right? Understanding what Benfica has been going through domestically, and sen- se- definitely there's there's a, a sensible, noticeable pressure that Benfica is in as far as domestic competitions, right? They lost a seven-point... Well, they lost a six-point advantage. Um, But it looks like the the team is on pins and needles now every time they need to play a league match, right? Until they they right the ship. Do you feel, Cristiano that playing in this competition will give the team somewhat of a mental break from that pressure that they're feeling domestically?
2: No. No, I think Epifigio is at pressure. I think what this could do for me, to be brutally honest, is a boost of confidence. Because that team right now, you it's lost its confidence. I know, I know these guys probably don't listen to us here on the podcast, but in case they do, I'm pretty sure over the years they've heard me, you know, call them monk killers. You know, they play great against monkus. And and especially when you come off with two games like that where you play two of the three best teams in the league, if two of the only three teams in the league, really, to be brutally honest with you, the only teams that are going to give a competition, and you lose like you have, your confidence is probably shot a little bit, and you start to question whether Cristiano Oliveira from the Benfica podcast is right or not, whether we could only play good against the Monk, who's not against everybody else. So you have an opportunity here to go on the road, it alleviates the pressure of the home crowd, alleviates the pressure of the Portuguese media being, uh, you know, the family members and everyone being on top of them and reminding them that they've just lost two very important games. That aspect, yes. But I think it just, whew, we're here, starting a new page now, um, new chapter, new competition for us. Uh, if we handle our business here, write the ship, get some confidence, come back, because even if they come back and then they beat on Gil Vicente, can you tell me these players are going to get much confidence from that? No, yeah. it's going to be a game like this that it's going to take for these guys to write the ship, but I think this is a very tough opponent. I'm not sure uh, it'll be that um, that it be easily done. Now, Dave has a stat, which is his first time in Lodge's career, at Benfica at least, right, uh, that he's gone three games without winning, right? It, there's, there's a slight possibility, not a slight, but a very good possibility this could extend now to, to four games, and it's going to be very interesting the way that these guys get coached up these guys get talked up because as i stated before right now it's more about confidence than anything else i would think
1: Lodge is looking for his 50th win as a benfica coach uh so that that's been on hold for for some time but Dave, um the context certainly for for this for this matchup is different right because domestically as i mentioned benfica doesn't have uh, much of a margin for for error as a matter of fact they're standing on the edge, any misstep could be a fall, obviously. They really don't have a lead, to be honest, because
2: if they if they jump well, up in Porto ties, Porto I'm saying they're there they're is, sitting is, on the
1: edge. Uh but they've considering that this is a is a two-fixture uh matchup, right? Uh home in a way, does this present a different scenario for Benfica? Yes, there's pressure to advance and there's money involved, uh, and there's the the name that you want to clear from the Champions League group stages and you want to go on this one. But understanding this contest, do you think that the, the team will approach this fixture a little bit more relaxed than they would approach a fixture at at Gilles Vicente that comes up this weekend?
0: I don't know. I think, like we've mentioned, confidence is shot. So I don't know whether or not a, a competi- competition change or a, a change of ser- uh, scenery Uh, affects their or can bring up their their confidence but the way the team is constructed right now and unfortunately the market closed uh, two weeks uh, ago but this team right as it stands is not deep enough to be in or to compete in two competitions uh, right now it's going to be interesting to see how Laj sets this team up tomorrow whether or not he uh, rotate some players in and out of the lineup. Uh, Weigel is suspended for this uh, this fixture, so he's going to have to insert either a Florentino or a Samaris into uh, this game, and then whether or not uh, he gives rest to other players it's going to be interesting to see. But uh, based on how he uh, releases that lineup, you'll see whether or not Benfica is actually serious for this uh, this competition here in Europa League, or whether or not. Uh, they're going to be ready to uh, just pack it up and, and focus on the the, uh, the Portuguese league because, like you said, it, it's one point, but really it's uh, point, 0.5 of a point because of uh, the, the Porto advantage.
1: Cristiano, um, as you're going down to sleep tonight, your your phone rings, and on the other side is your good friend, Luis Felipe Vieira. And he tells you, Cristiano, I, I, I need you to come and coach this team in Kharkiv, right? What 11 do you put out there if you're – you're not Laj, you're the team's coach. What 11 do you put out there? Vlako. Uh,
2: it's got to be the kid Tavares because Almeida uh, might not be 100% fit.
1: Oh, you didn't even make the trip. Okay,
2: so then that answers the question. So, I mean, Tavares, is there even a doubt? Uh, Ruben Diaz, Ferro, because you don't have many alternatives here. Um, on the left,
0: and I know I was gonna see you. You can't call Yuri, he's in uh, he's not noting him for us. Call Yuri. I know, I, I know
2: there's some people calling for, for 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 the other Tavares to play on the left, but you made the trip. He makes, Well, you need to make the trip. You don't have any defenders available. You need these guys to be on the bench in case the defender gets hurt. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, he makes the trip. But I don't Let's think go, coach.
1: Starting I'm 11. Gone, I'm gone.
2: I just gave you that's five already and then my next choice is by far a guy that look i understand for performances on a dude on his own doing right he hasn't played the best of him when he's been given a few opportunities but samadis man this team something that a lot of benfica's have complained about especially over the last two weeks and in particular the week at, at, at porto which is you need a leadership you need a toughness um, you need an SOB on the field that's gonna take n- n- no crap from anybody. And He did it against again this week when you, when 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 the, the despicable defender from Braga is telling basically the Benfica supporters to shove it right to, to 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 put it up you know where the sun don't shine, and and he comes steps in and he tells respect he, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's what it was and he gets in his face. The guy is a leader, so I, I think it's about time you start kicking the tires with that dude and give him a run. Give give somebody's a run in that position right beside him i'd put i'd put um florentino right beside him now it's gonna solidify your, your you know defensively um obviously florentino more stationary than, than samadis let samadis roam around a little bit more more of a box to box but it it'll not just make up for the, 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 the lack of defense with you know the especially the mistakes that we've seen over ferro and Grimaldo the last couple of weeks but it helps with those two defensive guys it helps batten down uh, the things back there, so I, I I really like those two playing together back there, just because of, of how atrocious we've been defensively. I'm gonna put my boy Terapt in front of those two, right? Free roll, do what you gotta do. Rafa on the left, or uh, we? But here's the question: before I finish my before I finish my my lineup, Luis Vieta, Before I make my my, my, my lineup, but before I, I tell you my starting 11 going to be, I need you to answer me a question. I really need you to answer me this question. What's our objective here? Are we really attacking this competition, or we're just, you know, we got to field an 11, and our most important thing is we got to come back, and we prioritize in the league. I need to know what we're prioritizing here. Uh, Paganar. Oh, Paganar. <laughs> Paganar. Look, there's not many other options, so I'm, I'm playing PZ on the right, Rafael on the left, and Vinicius up top. I'm I'm that's that's the lineup I'm going with.
1: Dave, you don't have the luxury of a phone call, but instead you get a telegraph from Luis Livier. <laughs> <laughs> I would I
0: would uh, I would keep Samaris in the lineup put uh terap beside um beside Samadis, uh survey on the left, Pizzi on the right, and then um I guess who we need uh, two strikers up top. Um, maybe we give uh, Diego Souza a, a chance, or maybe my boy uh, Seferovic up top there. But uh, I guess uh, keep Rafa behind the uh, the center striker up there, up top, because we're using uh, Servi on the left and Pizzi on the right there.
2: I like I like to make a last minute substitution. Souza Souza uh, Vinicius came up. He's got the diarrhea, he can't play. So we're
1: to... <laughs> too much arroz con feijão.
2: Arroz con feijão. over there and he's eating too much of it. Uh, so I'll put it in Souza. Now, Dave, the reason why I won't put it in Cedri, who, who we said before early in the podcast, that he helps tremendously defensively, is because I'm going to have the two pivots. I'm going to have the two defensive center midfielders in there ready to help out in that aspect. So, I mean, I, I'm pretty secure with, with five to six guys defending at all times you know, at least being in the right spot at all times, that I'll be okay with those guys roaming around up top. So no need for Serbi on the left side. Uh Rafa and 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 PZ could take their time because I'm gonna have confidence in those other six defending. And obviously a team defending takes more than just six guys, but let's not forget this is a team that's allowed a goal, what, Dave, in five or six straight games? five uh, five straight games five straight games so right now things are broken i'm going to go in with those two very defensive minded players um and just make sure that everything back there is is nice and tight and there's that there's no extra space for anyone um to of the Shakhtar players to
1: create or or, or you know do yeah. what you got to do i'm going my biggest thing here is i said Pizzi and i said grimaldo uh, for this uh, and then r- really any any anyone don't could, want to kill you but the Grimaldo like
2: PZ I don't even have a problem with because you can put Chiquinho there right? or you can put Rafa and put Cervi you, you got a couple different options but the option with Grimaldo the problem is this kid hasn't played when's the last time Tavares played a game
0: uh, it's probably in the Champions League I
2: understand it and now you're gonna I, go but again it, that's why I asked you are we Intending to win this game, and he said, "Para you can't throw a kid out there who hasn't played in six months."
1: I think these both of these guys are in need of a rest mentally. Uh, Malu has been playing a crazy amount of of games. I
2: think it's, he's played seventy consecutive games in the
1: league. Yeah, Pizzi is off his game. These guys need to see the bench. Uh, that's uh, physically. I'm not worried about the team recovering. We played Thursday. We played Thursday, then we play Monday uh that's that's a nice amount of time for the team uh to rest uh but i think that that mentally these guys needed to have a reset that's what i think uh i do get your point about uh about nun uh not having played in quite some time uh but he you know he's a kid he could
0: run he's well, been playing with the the benfica uh, b he's gone some b. run there but uh other than that his last uh, match with the senior squad was uh December 21st against Stubal for the uh, Tasa de Liga.
2: And and, and before that, <laughs> Dave, if you have
0: Before that was uh another Tasa de Liga game against uh Cuvia in uh still December. He's only getting those Tasa games and uh his last uh Yeah. yeah. Whew, yeah. yeah. His last uh, league game was against Porto the third week of the season. Ever since then, he was relegated to Tasa matches.
2: So since August he's played two games.
1: Three. Two, he said. Porto,
2: Cuvillan. No,
0: that's August, man. And, uh, that's, August. that's
2: August. That's all. Since
1: August. Since August counts. August counts. But that was August 3rd,
2: bro. That don't count. If like you say beginning. since July. That's three. Since August, it's been but two. he didn't play any games in July. Okay, but August, yeah, he did. But he, they won the ICC. <laughs> anyway. Um, August, the August. Right. And then after August, he's played two
1: games. After August, he's only played two games since.
0: Since August, three, three. He played in all the Tasa game, uh Liga games, Tasa Liga games.
1: My biggest thing is, yeah, these these guys need uh, a mental reset. Uh I also wouldn't mind seeing uh, Souza up front. And look, not that I have a an affinity for the guy or or not. I just think that if we went and got this guy, and we got him to be useful. Now is the time to test them. You two rock the same beard. I think that's what it is. Uh, we need to test them, and I would give Jota some time. I'd I'd let Jota go absolutely berserk uh, up front. Just I, let him run, let him dribble, let him do whatever he wants. I
2: haven't seen anything from Jota that tells me that he's ready. I get it. I think I think he's dude. The guy has got a lot of potential, a lot of talent, but I haven't seen him play. And I know he's had a couple of flashes. A couple of flashes to me do not warrant
1: starting a game in the Europa League on the road of all places. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I, I think that you just put them out there. You you still got to come back to Stadio I I agree with you that that double pivot in front of the defense would help uh, and as you know, when you go away, the biggest trick is the biggest trick. The biggest uh, ask is really not to allow any game, uh, any goals uh, away. Um, Benfica will have a chance to bring it to Stadio Luz and then, and then put, put the finishing touches on that. Uh, so let's not lose uh, this fixture before we even bring it to Stadio Luz. Uh, but to me, I mean, I would I would use this time to. uh definitely rest pizzi uh he's in need of a rest and and grimaldo too man these are guys that did well in the beginning of the season and have just gone down in terms of their consistency and and their their effort also especially pizzi guys need to wake up um anyway anything else you guys want to add to uh this Shakhtar game um, before we move on i'm ready Shishi come on (laughs) Shishikama, next up Monday, uh 7:30 local. Uh oh, oh, also I just want to remind everyone this game uh, in Kharkiv, uh, because it's in it's in Russian, they're in a different time zone. Uh they will be part of the early fixture of the Europa League. So uh 5:55 Portugal time, that's 1255 here in the US, East Coast time, minus three in the West Coast uh in Canada I think uh Toronto's on the same time as uh as New York. Vancouver's west coast, Edmonton, right. Calgary, Alberta. Yeah. Um right. so hey.
0: you got it right.
1: Yeah, now we switch our attention to uh next lineage game which will happen this Monday against Gil Vicente uh in Barcelos, uh a town that's known for their cocks. Gil Vicente is currently <laughs> Dude, you can't do that to <laughs> me. Uh um tenth they place. Are they, are. are they not? The cocks, you buy them. You're, are they not famous for the cocks?
2: Them, you love them, you bring them from Portugal all the time, put them in your bag. Never been
1: them. never been to Barcelos? I have.
2: Have
1: I? Did you bring a cock? I always bring my cock with me everywhere I go, bro.
2: Always can't live without so that. Is it in your keychain? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> the All joke right. there will be the balls are, but. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you ever been to Barcelos?
0: I, I don't think I can say I've had the pleasure of going to Barcelos.
1: Okay. So, Bifika will play there Monday, uh, 7 30 local. Uh, Gil Vicente is currently in uh, 10th place. Uh, at home, four wins, five ties, and only one loss. Get this they have beaten Porto 2, two 1. Uh, and they have beaten Sporting 3 1. And, ah, sporting and tied beats. Braga at the Podreira just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, first round, Befica 1 2 0. Um, what do you think, man? Corner right around 5 1 Hattrick from PZ. Peefee. PZ's back home. Traz os montes.
2: It's traz montes. I can say traz dos montes, but it's actually traz montes. Traz os montes. Traz os montes or traz montes? Traz os montes. I used to say dude. Look it up. I used to look it up like a dos montes. No, traz. os Montes. I know, but I actually think it was douche. É capaz atrás dos montes. If you have to, to go to the ba- like,
1: bathroom, you go atrás dos montes.
2: that's PZ ter- territory. is going to bring his A-game. He's going to take care of these moncos, come up with a hat-trick, I I, and be leading the league again. I don't goals. think is from atrás dos Montes. I think
1: he's from Bragança. Here we go. No, that's,
0: that's Tras Montes. <laughs> You're far. correct. You're correct. Yes, he's, he's from
1: Bragança, right? Yeah, he's from... That's Tras Montes. Is so. Bragança Tras Montes?
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's in the sub-region uh, according to Wikipedia here. Ah, the geography. When it comes to geography, it's me.
1: Come on, I'm telling. We're, Chris, you know what we need for the studio? And and by the way, got a globe. and by you got a globe. We need a porch. We need a uh, map. Portugal. Uh, we and, have it with the fields. We where have the teams are from. No, but we need to post it up okay, here I'll in the studio somewhere. And then have a pin for ev- with a flag for the team for, and, and then we could. Pointed no, no, on the I map. It. We don't
2: need it. We got this. All right, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it
1: out. We've been we've been uh, looking to uh, to christen this this uh, studio that we've been using. Zach Tortu for <laughs> quite some it, time, and that's it. where we're going to call it yeah, is the can. Zach Tortu uh, Studio. We're waiting for those uh,
2: graffiti specialists to come in, put the name somewhere on no, Zach Tortu. And as a matter of fact, I'm gonna try to get Zach Tortu on the. We can't call him Zach Torto though. That'd be well, we could. He probably <laughs> won't understand, but. Uh, <laughs> We're going to try to get Zach Torto here on the podcast. That's just now. I mean, guys, don't wait up. Don't wait up for it, but we're going to try.
1: We're going to try. Zach Tortu. If anything, we'll always have the, the studio name for in for his memory. Zach Torto Studio. Zach Torto. Senores y senores. Is, you think Zach Torto
2: is the fattest guy I ever played at Benfica? He wasn't fat. He was He's big heavy. boned. <laughs> <laughs> big mama, Big boned. Uh, uh-huh. He loved well, his collar green. Muscle guy. You could you could play
1: inside linebacker for the Giants.
2: Linebacker, he'd be an offensive lineman.
1: Nah, he wasn't. He was Diesel. I don't know if he was Diesel. Well, he's a big boy.
2: Look him up. I do. I know him. He was the Metro <laughs> Stars. Anyone? No, to but I look him up when he was at Benfica. He was Diesel. He was sick. But you know how it is. The the He was sending. They wear, they he was sending
1: out nudes before nudes were popular. Oh, well, you got some? No. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you think you think he's you think when Benfica went to Center and he bought his cock, he's sending out those
1: two. Pictures of his cock <laughs> depends. <laughs> is it one of those? Those <laughs> is yeah. yeah, is it <laughs> those cocks that could tell the weather? You ever seen those cocks that could tell the weather?
2: I haven't seen many cocks, they change
1: <laughs> color if, according to the weather.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah the, the
1: no, the wings
2: and yeah, the scores, too. <laughs> no, I don't
1: know, whatever. Yo, Let's wrap this up. Um, yeah, anyway, just uh, Dave. Thoughts on this game? Gonna be a hard game, but if you got no uh, margin for error here.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't share the same confidence as uh, Chris with the five one. I think one nothing, maybe two yeah. nothing if we're if we're lucky. I am thinking more on the uh, the lower score uh yeah. side.
1: I'll be happy with the one with uh, scoring at least one goal and not allowing any. That that's what I'm going for. Never mind the five-one. Think like you should just start with not allowing Taj, any. Taj Maluk. Yeah, not allowing any. Is that what I said? Yeah, no, I'm just, but you said scoring a glass. Just start with
2: not allowing any. You'll be all right.
1: Yeah. yeah, but we can't tie. We gotta no, score. I know, but um anyway.
2: If they score now, you gotta score two.
1: Yeah, last uh, <laughs> <laughs> last uh last uh piece of, of news here and that just this just came out that the league as uh as uh open up a disciplinary uh case against uh, both Marega and Pep for the
2: No, they got rid of it.
1: No, no, no. It's it's on. Philai. Uh they opened up a a, a process against uh, Marega and, and Pep for uh the things that happened over at uh, the Dragao against Benfica that just came out this afternoon. Uh they did not concede to Benfica's requests to um remove or, or, or to take away Julian Weigel's uh, yellow card in that game, that they already came out and said no way, uh, but this is a process that they're opening up and and certainly the the Marega one could be seen as involuntary, the Pepe one not so much. Uh, anyway, that's all we got. Next week we'll be back. We will uh, recap uh, the Shakhtar game. We'll recap the Gil Vicente game and we'll look ahead to uh, is Shakhtar comes up right, right afterwards yeah, I think, a, right? A, yeah. We'll look to the second leg of the Sharkar game and also uh, Benfica's domestic uh, game for that weekend. Thank you so much for checking us out. Ten Co Ten, eighty-seven Do eighty-seven at Benfica Podcast. Don't forget to, to check out Benfica Independent uh, now with uh, with some some content available on Patreon. Uh, two dollars and five dollars or the two subscription uh, levels that you could subscribe to uh and, and again uh that money really isn't to to make anyone rich <laughs> no one is going to be able to survive off of 2 dollars a month no <laughs> no no don't even joke around but uh, <laughs> no, joking, bro. the the thing is that obviously here here not so much but those guys in portugal are, they're they're doing a lot of things uh as a matter of fact they have uh this get together planned out for the 28th uh, which, which falls on, on Befika's anniversary, obviously, uh, in Lisbon at a, at a, at a sports restaurant uh, in, uh, in downtown, uh, I don't know if it's downtown, in Urat.
2: Who's going to be blowing out the candles? Uh,
1: I don't know who's going to be blowing out the candles, but I heard John Tiberi is going to be uh, sending nudes or be nude or something like that
2: definitely uh, that's definitely worth the five dollar page
1: yeah. yeah not the two dollars but five. look uh you, you could go in there they're gonna have some activities some quizzes and stuff and obviously we're talking to our portuguese uh, audience or anybody that's in, in our international audience that's going to be in portugal on the 28th of february definitely check that out bunch of good guys a bunch of good things uh and we know for a fact that there's going to be some some surprises uh and some prizes so definitely uh, check that out. Uh, BefikaIndependent.com or Patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Uh, check that out. Uh, if you don't want to uh, be a, a patron, definitely check the site. Uh, there's now um, recaps of Benfica Games in English if you want to check that out. English, French, German and obviously portuguese but there's a lot of good things going on if you're a dude that's into the the uh they now have a podcast that recaps the modalidades uh which is hosted by Sergio Ingracia and and some some other guy Jean Paulo if I'm not mistaken uh, and they talk about the modalidades definitely check that out man there's there's a lot of good uh passionate uh, fair content coming out of Bifika Independent. And if you haven't checked that out, then uh, you need to uh, check that out. BifikaPodcast.com is where you can find all our stuff Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so on and so forth. Thanks a lot, everyone. And uh, see you again next week. Later. Peace.